Welcome to the official podcast for the 28th Annual FIRST Conference in Seoul, South Korea. The conference is taking place between June the 12th and June the 17th. For more information, go to www.first.org. Today on the show, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Maria Mo, a research scientist from Sintef, and Aaron Liveret, a gentleman and a scholar from Cambridge University. Thank you very much for once again joining me on the podcast, guys. It's always a pleasure, Chris. <laughs> Unfortunately, our previous recording went the way of the dodo due to some some audio issues, so we're we're doing take two on this interview. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to once again have a chat with me about uh, your upcoming talk at the first conference. To kind of kick things off, maybe you can give a, a quick elevator pitch style discussion of, of what you're going to be talking about at the upcoming conference. So we're going to talk about the cyber insurance and how cyber insurance can have a role in incident response and in making companies more secure in general. We'll focus particularly on the, um, the interfaces between the cyber insurance companies and the uh, computer emergency response team community because we think they're not having much discussion at the moment, and we want to make sure that they can have a running dialogue in the future. So, so why is it important for cyber insurance companies and, and CERT teams and large companies to be having this discussion up front? I mean, surely this is something that, that companies can deal with as and when it comes up, or is this something they really need to, to plan into their disaster recovery plans and actually know about beforehand? I think it is. Um, in particular, the cyber insurance companies are trying to bring the price of, of cyber insurance down. Um, and to do that, they need a lot of data. And so they're running around asking uh, people if they have data and not really finding what they want. And of course, computer emergency response teams have plenty of data um, and would love to offload some of their simpler tasks to other people. And I think that's where cyber insurance might come in. What's the first steps then for, for CERT teams to be interfacing with these companies? And, and what's the benefit also to the, to the CERT teams? And I can see the benefit from the, the insurers. Obviously, they want the data that these CERT teams have to, to make their lives easier. But what's the benefit from the CERT team point of view to, to expend this energy in, in dealing with the, the insurance companies? I think uh, a quick answer to that is that, like I said, the, the simpler tasks, right? Like we all get tired of dealing with ransomware. Now that you can uh, buy insurance for ransomware, um, that means that that can be handled by an insurance company. It doesn't necessarily need to be on every computer emergency response team's plate all the time. So the response from the CERT team might simply be, hey, if you've got a case of ransomware, um, why don't you call your insurer? So for example, that's already possible. A friend of mine is a lawyer in the States in Chicago. He got hit with some ransomware and he called me up. And you know there wasn't a lot I could do within three days from another country. But I told him to phone his insurance company, Travelers, who offer him business insurance. And sure enough, they recovered the data from his hard drives without him having to pay the ransom. And he was back at work within three days. And also, I think that uh, some insurance uh, policies, they have this rapid response services, which is a bit similar to what some search are doing. So if you suspect that you have an incident, you can have like uh, 24 hours of support from the insurers to uh, look at your incident and, and try to see if it's really um, cyber intrusion or whatever. Um, and I think that if 
cert teams can collaborate with insurers on this, that could be a better way of, uh, of getting on top of responding quickly to incidents. Maybe to put that a little more bluntly, it might offer a cash injection to some of the cert teams for uh, some of this kind of work. Well, I'm sure that uh, there's a number of cert teams out there that uh, suddenly perked up and, and decided that uh, maybe this is a good idea. Cash influx into to cert teams has certainly uh, been an ongoing discussion for various different regions, so it's certainly an interesting point. That's one of the reasons I'm collaborating in this space. I mean, it's uh, it's not easy. I have a lot of tiring, boring uh, discussions sometimes, but um, but I think it's worth it in the long run to bring some of these types of thinking together. If some of these insurance companies are, are offering these kind of rapid response services, where does that put companies who are looking at cyber insurance? Does it limit their choices and their, their ability to act on their own in the event of, of a breach? Do they need to follow the insurance policies and, and use their teams? Or, or is there room for you know, making decisions and then contacting the insurance team and insurance company at a, a later point? Since we have been interviewing some different uh, insurance companies in, that uh, offer products to the Norwegian market, and what we see there is that they have this, they, they team up with some consultants that uh, they use, but the customers are free to use other other companies for, for their services if they prefer that. So it's not like you're tying yourself up to the, the company that the insurer is uh, collaborating with. I would echo that for um, the rest of the European market. That might change in the long run, but right now it's really early days of cyber insurance. And this is another reason I want uh, the CERT teams to prick up their ears and pay attention because here's an opportunity for them to um, sort of shape the way those policies play out in the future instead of just finding out that it doesn't work well with them you know, down the road. Cyber insurance, it's been around for around 10 years now, correct me if I'm wrong on that, and it's, and it's never really picked up the kind of leverage and, and the kind of adoption that you would have expected um, something like this to pick up on. What are the concerns from companies that that are really kind of preventing this from being a, a common thing that's that's covered by by large companies? I think there's um, there's a lot of drivers for that. In recent years, we've seen a lot of breaches in the press, or rather, a lot of breaches reported in the press, and I think that's changed people's perception, and they're willing to consider cyber insurance for some of these things. The other thing is that the market wasn't very big. It's kind of a chicken and egg problem. The market wasn't very big, so people weren't offering it as much. And because they weren't offering it, nobody knew it existed. So, you know, there's a lot of work to be done telling small businesses that they can claim things, not even just on their explicit cyber insurance, but sometimes on their regular insurance policy. So companies and and individuals could actually be insured already, but not actually know that they should be contacting their insurance companies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, that's that was the point I was trying to make with my friend's case with ransomware. He didn't buy explicit cyber insurance, but he was indeed covered for a ransomware event because they offer that coverage already. Um, and there's a lot of legal uncertainty in the space that we'll cover during our talk. Um, and we don't have to labor here, but the laws are still being decided about uh, what kind of coverage covers what kind of event uh, for cyber insurance. So the German steel mill incident uh, is quite fascinating. I'm sure many people have heard about it. Uh, BSI published a very brief, terse report, not really giving a lot of details, but enough details to get people interested and excited. By working with the insurers, I've discovered that they they paid out on this. So an insurance company uh, that I won't name paid for this event, 
and a reinsurance company, uh, these are the insurers for insurers, uh, was also involved in paying out for this event. And it was not a cyber policy. So they, they paid out for it as if it was an accident. And then only later uh, discovered that there was an attack. And this got them very, very interested to find out whether they are carrying some cyber risk that they were unable to identify in their payouts before. When it comes to, to cyber insurance, how does this this meet up with um, mandatory breach notification regulations? Is this something that's driving the adoption of of cyber insurance? Is it regulating that uh, companies actually require cyber insurance? Well, that's an interesting uh, case because we don't really know the effect of the new EU directives that are coming up. Also, I think it's very interesting this uh, increase in uh, how much you might need to pay out in case you get caught up in or uh, lose uh, customer information because of the new privacy uh, regulations. So before you didn't really have to to worry about uh, getting big fines, but now it's actually, I think it was 4% of your total uh, turnover or something. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, this is only for our European listeners, but... uh, the, the new regulation coming in could be as much as 4% of your company's global turnover mm. for uh, fines for, for breaches. Yeah, so maybe this will be an incentive for companies to, to see how they can reduce the risks uh, also by buying insurance. And spinning that around another way, as people report these breaches, the data that we've all wanted to see uh, sort of shared or discussed or quantified will be in in the maybe not in the public domain, but at least more accessible. And the insurance companies will start to consume that information, which will eventually drive down the price of cyber insurance. Oh, hopefully that that information can also be used to, to come up with key common denominators between those companies. Obviously we can look to, to make things more secure in the long run as well. And that's that's one of the issues that we've stumbled across lack of information sharing has meant that many companies have fallen foul to the same issues again and again because no one has communicated that this is a key point of ingress for attackers. Hopefully this kind of information will eventually filter out into either the public domain or at least a cert team so they can do um, some kind of level of advisory. Exactly. I mean, um, you know, I don't find uh, sitting in these meetings of how to make mathematical models of breaches the most exciting work I've ever done. But I think that it's really valuable. And that's why I do it. And then the main reason is this kind of potential effect of uh, a rising tide uh, raising all boats. You know, I, I really worry about the, the small businesses of the world who can't afford um, expensive security teams. And part of that is born out of doing so much work for utilities. They don't often have a lot of money. So anything we can do that helps a lot of them at the same time is is what excites me. And that's that's at least why I'm working on cyber insurance. I don't know about uh, Maria. Yeah, so we've been uh, working on looking into the Norwegian market and we see it's really immature. There are not many insurers that are offering these products. And the c- customers, the small, medium-sized companies, they it's not really on the radar and they should know about the potential of having a way of reducing the risks. Because, you know, in, in case they get breached, they, that might be uh, uh, the end of their company because they can't really survive these uh, big fines or losing a lot of customers. Uh, so I think it's a good way forward to try to increase like the basic level of security. It's also when you apply for cyber insurance, you have to fill out these really long questionnaires and do sort of self-evaluation of your security. and 
just by doing this exercise in 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 uh, doing the self evaluation, the companies can uh, become more secure because they realize they need to do something to get the cyber insurance. That has been one of the worries that uh, that I know has been brought up regarding cyber insurance would be that the feeling was that companies would simply say, oh, we, we don't need to be secure anymore because we're insured. Therefore, if we're, if we're breached, the, the insurance company will pay out. Um, and obviously, as you're saying here, if, to get the cyber insurance, you actually need to go through a lengthy questionnaire, um, fill out answers to, to the questions. I mean, obviously, it sounds like insurance companies are not just going to roll over and insure companies that are blatantly insecure, which I think is, is definitely a, definitely not something they, they'd want to do. But do you really think companies are going to become more secure by having to go through this kind of questionnaire? It forces them at least to think about it, right? All the basics that we talk about in computer emergency response teams all the time, disaster recovery and backups and you know good passwords, this is the kind of basic stuff that the insurance companies are going to be dealing with. And frankly, you know, considering the technical acumen of most of the computer emergency response teams, I'd rather they were working on uh, malware analysis and traffic analysis and BGP than passwords and disaster recovery policies. So this is where I think we can be mutually beneficial to each other in these two communities. Let the insurance companies deal with the, with the simple stuff that is the kind of everyday heart disease of, of um, malicious behavior. And, you know, then the CERT teams can focus on the more complicated events. Really appreciate you guys taking the time again to, to have a chat about this topic. I really appreciate it. And uh, I really look forward to attending the uh, the upcoming presentation at the first conference. I'm sure it will be eye-opening and an and a interesting experience for people who aren't really aware of cyber insurance and how it can really benefit people across the board. We're both looking forward to speaking to you first again. I love that community. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see you in Seoul. See you in Seoul. You've been listening to the official podcast of the 28th Annual First Conference in Seoul, South Korea. Occurring June 12th through 17th, 2016. Thank you very much for listening.